Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? This wrap-up show thing. Will, have you ever listened to one? What'd you think, Will? It's better than your show. Well, hallelujah. Everything is right with the world once again. Steve Math is back in the Pulp MX studios for episode 403 this week. Coming off of the Monster Energy Cup weekend, Jason Thomas and Paul Parabino's in studio. Lots and lots to talk about after this episode. Great guests, Filthy Phil, Mookie, Timmy Ferry, Will Hahn, uh, Adam Cincerello, and of course gold medalist Connor Fields calls in. Can't really get a lot better than that. A lot of great guests, a lot of great content. We're going to get to all that. And apparently I can't introduce myself this week. Steve's feeling a little threatened because the ratings of the show are so damn high. Oh, wait, what, Steve, what? Oh, hang on. Steve has something to say. Hang on. From the Moto X pod show. He's a celebrity. Dark side. Oh, thanks, Steve. Pookie, you guys are the best. What I can do, though, is introduce all the sponsors of the Pulp Mech Show. PulpMechShow.com for sponsor links and discount codes. But we want to thank, of course, Guts Racing and W Wheels. BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, the Michelin Starcross Fives, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, the Atlas Brace, FMF Racing that's got the, the drop, and there's going to be a Pulp MX, the drop coming up soon, so get on board with that. Roost Graphics, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering. And speaking of fly racing, if you guys, I'm sure, listen, there's a really badass contest going on this week. Pulp, uh, contest at PulpMexShow.com. List the five things you learned Monday night on the Pulpmex Show and get a chance to win some of the LE light hydrogen fly gear, the coral color gear that the riders were wearing. That's just badass. I uh, love it. I don't have any. I got to get myself some. Uh, but anyway, I want to get to our guest right now. If you're looking for a high-performance seat cover and foam, Guts Racing is the choice for you. Andy Gregg and Guts Racing have been providing seats for the top teams and top riders in the industry for years. So go to GutsRacing.com today. Guts Racing brings us Mr. Damon Tater. What's up, Damon? Uh, not so much, Dark Side. It's a pleasure to be on the show and uh, looking forward to doing some pulp wrap-up. Absolutely. And our next guest... WUSA provides the best quality wheels in the business, whether you race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior like myself. W has wheels for you. W can even restore your old wheels. So visit WUSA.com and let John and Kristen Anderson take care of you. And WUSA brings us Corbin Lenaway. What's up, Corbin? Hey, Darkside. What's up, man? Pleasure to be here. Uh, let's have a good time. Absolutely, man. I'm real gra- glad you guys reached out to me. And to clear the air from the Pulp Show, um... You guys did not reach out to me to come on the wrap-up show to promote your show that right now we're not supposed to name. Uh, you you guys reached out just with some general questions, and then I thought, hey, man, these guys, I listened to your show, uh, and I, you know, I was entertained by it. You guys have opinions and thoughts that I thought were relevant, so yeah, let's ask these guys if they want to do the wrap-up show. So let's clear that. You know, Steve is Steve is a little um, gun shy. He's worried that some of these other podcasts. Like my our, my our show is coming for him, you know, going to take him down, <laughs> dethrone him. 
But uh, anyway, so yeah, we're not really supposed to say the name of your podcast, Corbin. But let me ask you a question, man. If you guys were racing Monster Cup and headed into Monster Alley, how would you enter Monster Alley? Oh, I'm going absolutely wide open, man. Wide open what MX. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's get into episode 403. Uh, I pre-recorded the intro. I kind of talked about this just a little bit, but JT and Paul Parabina were in studio, and then just a plethora of great guests like Filthy Phil, Mookie, Tim Ferry, Will Hahn. Connor Fields calls in, and now probably one of the high, the, the all-time great uh, interviews whenever he's being interviewed, Adam Cianciarillo. Um Right off the bat, uh, Corbin, what? Give me a grade, A, B, C, D, on this episode. Steve, back in studio after the Weeds Daniel Blair show. Dude, I'm going to give it a solid B plus. I mean, we we've seen we've seen fantastic shows from Steve, and this was one of them for sure. But I feel like it's definitely been top before. But with all the lineup that they had and all the guests they had on the show, I, I definitely thought it was a fantastic show for sure, and um, it was definitely worth listening start to finish. I'd say. Okay, so if it's a B plus, what makes a show an A for you? Dude, you gotta have GL in studio just hammering drinks. That's, okay, that's what, that's what it takes. Okay, <laughs> so there's not a ton of A shows for you. They're they're probably a B plus average in general. Correct, correct. Huh. Maybe an A minus. Okay, but uh, who am I? <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, Damon, how about you, man? How how did this show grade for you? Yeah, I would agree with Corbin. I'd say it was a solid B. Uh, anytime Steve has AC on, I mean, it's always great. That kid is so so detailed with all his answers. He you know doesn't really hold anything back. He gives you your true opinion. Uh, Mookie is always great. You know, he's great to joke around with. Always yeah. gives his opinion too. Uh, Wilbur was always good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a solid B. And I will say, for me, to make an A show. Anytime you have RV, and I know he's not in much, but 400 was one of the best shows I've ever listened to. Okay. And yeah, GL is always good too. Yeah, so. yeah. See, I'm one of the few that did not love episode 400. I didn't hate it. I just, I, I was I was a little uh, overwhelmed with RV's interruption, but I was one of the few that felt that way. Um, but yeah, I, I thought 403 was great. It was great having Steve back in studio. As much as I like Weege and Daniel Blair, it's just not Pulpamex without Steve. He's got his own way uh, of flow and the way he handles everything and juggles the show that just makes it what it is. Um, and, of course, right at the beginning of the show, Steve had to bring up the emails he got from sponsors that we <laughs> didn't read all the all the sponsors. Some of the guys were unhappy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of interesting. Actually, if you guys listen to, I don't know if you listened to the last rapid show, John Anderson was on and, he actually said, hey, man, I was kind of bothered by that, that Weeds didn't mention W in his reads. So from the business side, like, you know, you and I, we sit back and listen, and I don't always consider the business side um, because it just seems like a bunch of guys hanging out, you know, bench racing like we do with our buddies at the track. But it is a business, uh, Damon, and, uh, yeah, that stuff's got to be handled, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we don't think about it, like you said, as far as, you know, Steve, you know, dropping BTO or W or fly racing or any of his other well, list of sponsors. But anytime, like you said, that those aren't mentioned, that some people that are listening that week that, you know, are going to go buy from BTO that don't remember the code or, yeah. you know, anything like that, that we don't think about, like you said, the business side that when those companies aren't dropped, that those guys are like, Hey man, like, you know, what the hell you didn't end up dropping my code or, you know, my product on the show. So as listeners, you don't really pick up on that as much. Um, but as far as as a business side, I definitely can see why you know 
like you said, John Anderson last week at W was a little not mad, but maybe a little upset that, you know, Weege, not no fault of his own, you know, just not used to doing speech, sure. so forgot to, you know, go yeah. down that whole list. So I definitely understand the business side of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, now, Corbin, uh, obviously both of you guys are, are fans of the Pulp Show. Um, to give me a little background, just real fast, I, I like to do this in the beginning of just when you started listening and how you discovered Pulp. Um, I believe I started listening around 2014, somewhere in there. Um, I mean, it kind of gets stale scrolling through Instagram and Twitter, just uh, trying to find something to read or watch about Moto. So this is kind of a more in-depth way without getting on vital and just getting pissed <laughs> off within the first 30 seconds. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got into it. And then um, obviously I developed a passion for podcasts, you know, doing them on my own and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that's really my way of getting into it. Awesome. Awesome. Damon, how about you? Yeah, somewhat similar. Actually, Corbin brought up Pulp to me, um, probably at the end of 2017. Um, and I was at work and just wanting to be more in depth and more detailed with Moto. And I always saw Steve do his observations, Tom with Racer X yep. and just kind of went back, you know, did some of the bigger shows like Lasergate. Um, and went through and saw when I wanted some of my favorite riders on and listened to those. And then pretty much, man, I've been hooked. Just the amount of detail he gets into with the guys, not afraid to ask, you know, some of the harder questions that some of the other, you know, guys in our industry will not ask. And he'll get the answers from them or just the all the personal connections that he's had. So, um, yeah, I mean, Corbin pretty much introduced me to it. And I've been a fan since, you know, probably going on two years now. So. Hell yeah. Good deal. Good deal. All right, well, this show was obviously very, very heavy on the Monster Energy Cup that just wrapped up last weekend. Great to have a race back. Um, you know, Steve Steve talks about this, you know, as a fan, he didn't really care a whole lot coming into this race. Uh, there was not a lot of hype necessarily because a lot of the guys, our top riders, weren't there. Uh, they discussed that, but really they kind of comment on how it really was a good race in the end. I mean, that final third moto was freaking especially the last couple laps. Yeah, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. Um, they do a good job discussing that, going through the, the Monster Energy Cup. Um, Corbin, do you agree with, were you kind of on board with Steve that, you know, going in, you maybe weren't super excited, or were you the opposite, like just couldn't wait for Monster Energy Cup? Yeah, we kind of touched on this on our show. Um, we, uh, I felt that racing's racing, and I'm always excited to watch racing. But with that said, I am on his side with the, you know, it was missing a lot of the stars of our sport as far as Webb and Roxon and those guys. And, yeah, it kind of took away some of the luster of the event overall. But um, watching the racing after the fact, I mean, you can't really complain. Um, we saw a good battle to the end in the last moto. We saw different winners in each moto, and I thought it was a good race overall. And, you know, I was, yeah. I was probably on board with him leading up to the weekend. But, you know, after all said and done, I think it was a fantastic week of racing. Yeah, me too. Like Saturday or leading up to it, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, no big deal. Not, I mean, I was I was ready for a race, but I wasn't fired up like I'll be for a one. But Saturday morning, dude, I was like, I just could time could not go by fast enough, so it changed for me. Um, Damon, you know, uh, Paul Paul Parabino said that he felt like the the race worked. You know, um, the guy that all of us really expected to win and maybe win the million again, Eli didn't win. That you know, JT said that hey, they're trying to make changes. There's even a rumor that it may be in a different city soon. Um, your thoughts on Monster Energy Cup? Did it work? Was it the the you know a yeah, lot mean, lot of lot of talk on the backwards track and the multiple starts and all that? I mean, that did that work for you? For me, yeah, 
I definitely like that aspect of the change as far as them having three different tracks. And honestly, it was brought up, I believe, on the show that, you know, with the amateurs and the supermates, you can't make it too complicated. Plus, you're making the landings, takeoffs, or vice versa. So you really can't get too complicated with the track. But um, the event is an but then overall, same thing, going into the weekend, I really wasn't too, too excited about it, um, just with the lack of star power there was. But on Thursday, when it got announced that Martin was going to show up racing, I got really excited, um, you know, being off the bikes for that long. So I was excited for him. Yeah. And honestly, when we started, breaking, we started breaking the show down, I really didn't realize how many of, you know, there's still, there's still kind of star study, you know, with uh, Plessinger and Barsha and Mookie, Jeremy. Jeremy coming back, Eli uh, Adams first race on the 450. So yeah, guys are coming over. Tixier coming over. That you know it did go well for Tixier, but it's still great to have him over. Yeah. So as as an overall, like you said, same thing for me on Saturday. Uh, you know, time couldn't go by fast enough. I was really hovering the live timing and you know looking forward to the night. And realistically, I mean, going into the last main where it's been the last few years with you know them all being Mookie, AC, and Eli all being tied going into the last one. Um, you know, it really brought fans to the edge of their seat. Plus, with Eli hounding AC, which he handled the pressure beautifully that whole race. Um, I mean, till the last minute, last second of that last race, everybody was on the tip of their toes. So, um, you know, the changes, the lack of the star power was a little bit of a bummer, but still ended up being a great, fantastic race. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I feel like Steve was pretty on point with the way the general public felt about this event. Uh, you know, and they're trying to be somewhat careful because, you know, you don't want to just bash Feld or whatever. I mean, they're they're putting on an event, you know, and it's you you get the like the email. I think I sent the email that all these uh, energy drinks are running running wild and taking control and not allowing their riders to race. Uh, I don't think that was the case at all. I think Feld and these teams are trying to put on a good show, but you know the the schedule the way it is. Steve always talks about the schedule being so messed up um, that it's just they can't do all of them. But it gave us a race in the off season that was entertaining at the very least, and I, I thought it, I thought it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. I rewatched it last night, and um, man, I, I, there was some really good racing, no doubt. And Vince Freezy, you know the the race he had was impressive. Um, Hey, before we get going, great. do what? <laughs> I just said he rode great. I thought I I was very surprised by him. He's one of the surprises of the weekend for sure. Absolutely. So yeah. Hey, before we go any further, real quick, how do you guys listen? Uh, Corbin, you first. Like, do you listen Monday night? Do you listen with the app? Do you watch Facebook or do you wait a day? See, I, I have a tough time listening live just because I go to bed, bed really early. Okay. But uh, what I do sometimes, I'll be scrolling through Facebook and. You know, I'll check the time if it's around showtime, and I'll pop it on the Facebook live stream for a little while, and then maybe listen for 20, 30 minutes live. And then I'd say throughout the rest of the week, I listen to it on Google Podcasts or whatever okay. on the way to and from work. So that's usually what I end up doing, um, just because it's so hard for me to sit and listen to the whole show um, in one night. I understand. So that, that's my way. Okay, how about you, Damon? I have a reason I'm asking this question, but go ahead, Damon. Yeah, for me, uh, same thing. It's kind of pretty late um, on our end as far as Monday nights. But, yeah, if Steve you know, posts on Vital or on the website who's going to be on, usually for me on my way to work on Tuesday mornings, uh, it'll be posted on Stitcher, which yep. is pretty easy for me to load the podcast that way. And, uh, yeah, pretty much by Tuesday, Wednesday with my job, I'm able to sit there and just kind of laugh and listen to the whole show. So Stitcher for me. Okay. The reason I asked was I generally try to watch on Facebook Live um, – I, I, I watch or listen to most of it on Monday night, so I'm in the same t- time zone you guys are, but I stay up pretty late to get 
to get as much in as I can, get my notes done. And um, man, people were not happy this week with the Facebook feed, which um, isn't, I'm sure is not Travis's fault. There's other stuff going on, but um, man, they were, they were very upset because it kept cutting out and it kept uh, buffering mm-hmm. and the sound was going in and out and people were like, you know, bitching and complaining. Uh, so what I ended up doing was watching on Facebook, but listening on the Pulpamex app and worked fine for me, but I just curious how you guys do it. I, I like to watch and see the interaction with the guys and, by not watching the Facebook Live, you missed Pookie dancing in a commercial break. So, yeah, you have to go back and find that. It's in one of the commercial breaks. I think the second commercial break. Um, but, all right, so, uh, you know, everybody's favorite caller, Dylan, called in. Um, oh, God. Th- hey, look, man, the dude's passion, passionate about his guy and about the sport. And, he, you know, he kind of called the, the guys out on something that I somewhat agree with, but then on something else that I thought he was way off base. But, uh the first thing, of course, Steve busts his balls and says, hey, man, your guy kind of cracked under the pressure of the kid. That got Dylan pretty fired up. And uh, what I do not agree with him on is he was really upset with Adam's comments where he said something along the lines of, I looked, I knew Eli was behind me because only the two of us could run that pace. Uh, I kind of went back to that interview, which I think was the second or third moto. I don't remember anyway, but he obviously didn't mean – he and Eli are the only two guys that could run that pace. He just meant that at that point in that event, he knew that they were the only two going that fast. Um, but right. but Dylan was pretty fired up, Corbin. Um, and I'm sorry, man. I find the guy entertaining. Yeah, I, I like him. Yeah, I mean, I do, but I don't. Some things he says just make me kind of cringe. But then some things he says, I'm like, yeah, this guy's kind of got a point. But yeah. as far as as far as him being upset about the AC comment, I do get it, but AC that's not that's not who AC is. He's not that no. kind of guy. He's he's an upfront guy that, you know, he's not cocky or um, you know, someone who'll just be arrogant about something like that. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean at the every race you can you can define two guys who are going that pace and obviously it's clear that no one else was running that pace if they were, you know, one and two. So yeah, you can't really get mad at that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But as far as Dylan, I, I, I like the kid's passion, but sometimes <laughs> you just gotta take a deep breath and relax. <laughs> right. I think that yeah. that Damon is one of the biggest issues I see with that people comment is they don't like his voice and man that 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 kind of bums me out because I'm such a nice guy and I like when I hear my voice back, I'm like, oh god, I hate the way I sound. So. Like, I feel for the guy. He can't help that his voice is a little bit high. He's got a passion for the sport. He loves calling in like I do. I'm a nerd with it. Uh, you know, so I, he doesn't bother me. I mean, um, what do you th- what do you think about Dylan? I mean, I, he's a, to me, he's a regular now. Yeah, I mean, he calls in. There was actually a few shows in a row that Steve said that he wasn't allowed to call in. And <laughs> yeah, if he did yeah. try to call, Steve was going to hang weeks. up on him. But, uh, I mean, his passion is definitely undeniable. I will say for me, I just don't like when he calls in the beginning and he's just firing on all cylinders <laughs> and he doesn't sound like he takes a breath the entire yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you can't deny the kid's passion at all, but I will say, you know, the AC thing, he definitely took that way out of context. Like yeah. Adam straight up clarified it when he called in, was just like, I meant, you know, at that race of who was there, I knew that late in each race, if someone was going to be breathing down my neck for the win, it was going to be Eli. And Hey, you can't say that he's wrong. Like, no, Adam to think or someone to say that he's not faster than Barsha, Plessinger, Mookie, or Martin. I mean, you're crazy. So he definitely took that way out of context. But, hey, 
the kid calls in. He's super entertaining for all of us. He he brings the fire, and I I know you know Steve isn't going to say it. I think he likes me- definitely messing with the kid. Yeah, um, yeah, like yeah, he, like he does with me. I will right? say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, here's where I somewhat agree with him. Um, one of the things he brought up. So he he made the comment that uh, with, with when Hurlings doesn't win, or even Eli doesn't win that Steve and some of the guys on the show sometimes like, oh, that was over underwhelming, even if the guy, the rider gets second or third. And I do think that's somewhat prevalent in our sport, especially with the keyboard warrior fans. Um, and sometimes Steve, where if a guy that we're used to winning finishes off the podium or whatever that they, it's like, oh, they, they're, they're, it's very lackluster, you know I mean? And I just don't think that's fair all the time. Uh, Corbin to, any of the riders. I mean, you know, if, if again, Hurlings finishes third or fourth or Eli finishes third or fourth, it, to they, they kind of bag on him a little bit or they're very down on him sometimes. And I, I, I don't disagree with, with uh, Dylan in that, in that aspect. No, I'm kind of with you on that. And I, I think what it is, now that I'm listening to you say that, because that's exactly where I'm at, I think you have guys like Benji who would get third, second, fourth, maybe win one every few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, but he doesn't have that, you know, all out speed that Tomac and Hurlings has. So I think with those two guys, I think we get kind of spoiled and we expect nothing but winning. Yeah, exactly. And if they, and if they don't win, then it's the end of the world. And, you know, I, 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 that's not fair clearly because, you know, these guys should be held to a high standard, but they're not perfect. They're human. And, but I do think that's, that's part of what it is, is, you know, We've seen Dungy and, and RC and guys like that are just consistent in there every weekend, but now we've got these guys who got these balls out speed and just can't necessarily do it every single weekend. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't think it's very fair to um, be like that towards those guys, but, hey, man, that's that's our sport. We're always going to have exactly. these people. It's not going to change, is it? We're always Right. We're always going to have vital MX for people to talk about stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm at on. All right. So, neither one of you were at Monster Cup, correct? No, sir. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> hearing them discuss the in the in uh, stadium announcers blew my mind oh. that there was guys doing and saying the things that I was seeing on Twitter and that they discussed. Um, man, uh, so... The joke that that came across was, "Do you Steve said, do you think they just grabbed random guys from the strip?" And JT's response was, uh, "No, but it would have been better if they had." That tells me that it was really, really, really bad. Uh, man, I don't want to say anything bad about Feld, but that Steve's right, man. You can't do that. We are a sport, and Sean with Feld told me last year at A1 that, hey, we are trying to be a elite sport like the NFL, MLB, NBA. Um, we, this was came from a discussion of who got credentials and who didn't for press. And you can't, to me, Steve's right, you cannot just take somebody that has no knowledge of the sport and doesn't understand how the sport works and throw them at a major event like that. Uh, Damon, I think if they were going to do something like that, then they should have been announcing – Sunday, let's say, or Monday for Supercross Futures. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, this event being what it is and trying to promote this as a bigger sport and grow it in general, I mean, you can't have 
random you can't have random announcers in there that I heard quickly on Pulp that they were saying that like their jersey numbers related to the finishes that they had or yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah, somebody so somebody uh, tweeted that I think and told Steve that over Twitter, and he didn't hear it, but apparently that is what happened. Yeah. So I mean, for us to even you know grow the sport or whatever, I mean, like the main thing you have to have all the time consistently is announcers that first of all know what they're talking about and know the sport, and also can relate it to people that you know aren't in it as much. So I mean, I know we all bag on. Ralph as much as we do with the orange KTM and the yellow Suzuki <laughs> thing, but I mean, to have a guy like that in there to, you know, he does know the sports, he's been around for a long time, but also to relate it and bring, you know, those new people in, and then you have a guy, you know, like Carmichael or Emig or whoever's in there with him that, you know, has fully been in the sport at that level and knows it, so I 100% agree, you cannot have announcers at any event at this level that don't know what they're doing, because it's just going to, first of all, it's with people that don't know the sport, it's going to turn them off because it's like, what are these guys talking about? And then, too, with us hardcore people, it's like, what in the hell are you doing? Do you, <laughs> exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can't believe they did that. I, I mean, in Feld's sense, I get maybe they're trying to do something different in that sense, but at, with announcing, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, even if it was like a tryout or something, you can't do that at a major event. You have to do that at a like an amateur race, I would think. But, uh, hey, let's move exactly. on just a little bit. Um, before we get into the guests, um, I want to know both you guys. So, uh, Corbin, who is your favorite co-host that comes on Pulp? Oh, man, that's tough. I think one of them has got to be JT just because, you know, he's so well-spoken and he's easy to listen to mm-hmm. and he's full of knowledge. Um, I'd say he's one of them for sure. Um, and I'm with Dane, and I, I really like when RV comes in, um, besides the fact that he likes to step on everybody after he's had a few cores lights. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, JT, I think, are my favorite, um, okay. just because he's full of good, you know, he's full of knowledge. He's been in the sport at the top of at the top of the sport, and he's been a privateer for all yeah. those years. So I have a lot of respect for JT, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's who I'd go with, JT. Okay. Damon, is yours RV, like you said earlier, or is there somebody else that's more regular? Uh, more regular for me, hands down, Kiefer. I yeah, that's my Kiefer. boy. Uh, his, <laughs> his, I was one bit of my dream is to meet him, hands down. But his analysis on just testing, you know, gear, or parts, or bikes, or whatever, and he's, you know, mostly blue, blue crew. So shout out to him. I'm a blue crew through and through as well. There you Steve, go. But, uh, but yeah, Kiefer is by far my favorite. The after dark segments, I laugh every time. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but. Just every this whole package with Chris is my favorite. So every time oh. he's on, it's always going to be a good. See, that's show. a soundbite right there. I'm going to have to give that to Chris, where you just says his whole package. So yeah, <laughs> I will be cutting that. Go. I will be cutting that and sending that to Chris. I get to hang out with Chris next weekend at Vet World, so I can't wait. But uh, Chris is a great, uh, great guy. That's be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Well, um, before we go any further, I want to do the sponsor reads again, as I say every week. Without these sponsors and the support of these sponsors and the, the listeners of Pulpamex going and supporting these sponsors, there is no Pulpamex show. So go to pulpamexshow.com, click on the sponsor links, use the discount codes for WUSA, Guts Racing, the Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, Ride Engineering, OGO, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross Fives, Maxim Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, and Works Connection. A huge list of fantastic sponsors. 
And guys, stay tuned to the end of the show for another episode of Hello Pookie. If you have any questions for Pookie that you'd like me to read in the future, darkside at pulpamex.com. Let's get into some guests. Filthy Phil Nicoletti, another favorite of probably every pulp listener. The guy never seems happy, but he answered the phone with a big woo. <laughs> I mean, come on. Filthy wins $100,000 Canadian. Um, that, that Dude, the guy was on cloud nine, man. I thought it was fantastic. Damon, give me your thoughts on the film uh, interview. We'll just kind of make it quick. We'll touch these interview on these interviews quickly. Yeah, the the Phil thing is always great. I mean, you know, he's always you know down and Debbie Downer, but <laughs> you know, him drinking with everybody, celebrating, yes. you know, he's going to have a good time. And of course, typical Phil, he wins a hundred grand, but it's really only seventy six thousand when you convert it to Canadian dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but yeah, he's he's always great to have on. He definitely killed it. Uh, you know, just having a good time yep. and. Uh, yeah, congrats on him winning the title. And I will say the one quick comment I will have is uh, they have to bring back the bad news still on Instagram. 100%. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Corbin, um, you know, Phil, again, like most of the great guests on Pulp, they are at least appear to be friends with Steve and they could bust balls back and forth like a Will Hahn. That's one of the reasons I, one of the major reasons I love the interviews with him when they're the, the buddies is because of the ball busting uh, thoughts on Phil Nicoletti on the interview? Go. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of all time greats. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, he's always got something funny to say. He's always got some smart ass remark back to Steve, and you know that's one of my favorite things about him is the sense of humor back and forth. So, yeah, he he sounds all Debbie Downer, but you know <laughs> he he likes to have a good time and, yeah. and mess around. So it's cool to see him hanging out with all his buddies and win that hundred grand for sure. Absolutely. And uh, Steve brought up, and I don't know if, I'm sure you guys saw the video on Instagram or whatever, where uh, Cole Thompson clipped the hay bale, kind of went inside. And Steve tells Phil, you know, this is uh, to me one of the funnier parts of that interview. He says, he didn't, I don't think it was that big of a deal. And Phil, are you fucking kidding me? I, I just can't even get into this right now. Like, <laughs> Phil was ready to like come through the phone just over that small little comment. And you know, Steve had to have just, he was, he was poking the bear, right? I mean, that's. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so <laughs> Phil, uh, you know, Phil rode for JGR at one time. So once Phil was, they were done talking to Phil, they brought up, you know, what's up with, with JGR? Or yeah, I guess he was actually, he may have been talking to Weeds at the time. I think he was asking what's up with JGR. Um, but this is a hot topic right now. Um, nobody really knows what's going on. No real announcements. We know Savachi and uh, Amart are in. Um, it's a, It's been a topic with Pulp uh, over th- some of the different shows, like the review show. Uh, they talked about Chad Reed's not coming back. Um, you guys sent me a, a little a note of something you wanted to talk about with this JGR's 2020 program. What do you guys think? Uh, Damon, I'm let you go first. Yeah, I mean, definitely a little bit of a bummer. I know, like we all said, we all know that taking a step back, which is having Stavacha in the 450 and Big Al on 250 and, you know, not having Lopes or Dakotas or, um, you know, Peter Stack. But, or anybody. Man, it's been yeah, it's going to be kind of a bummer. I mean, I hopefully, you know, they go through the year, and I know this casino thing sounds like it fell through or it's still on hold pending for some reason. But, I mean, hopefully once the season gets started that they can maybe, you know, pick up the casino or pick up another big sponsor. But it's just such a bummer for them to be, you know, this big outside team like Moto Concepts wants to come in and grow our sport, and they can't even get a title sponsor. It just shows how hard it is for our sports to just get, you know, like truck, like, you know, a truck sponsor or a casino yeah. or another energy drink to come in. But man, hopefully with them dialing it back for 20 and, you know, their contract with Suzuki will end at the end of 20. So maybe 
that was kind of my thing is maybe for 21, do they come back with a big sponsor and a different manufacturer? Or if they can't pull it together, are they done after 20 is yeah. the big question. Well, I, um, a, a source that I have in the industry told me this, he does not believe they'll be back in 2021. He thinks 2020 is it and they're done. Um, I hope not. We need these teams. Um, and Corbin, I want to touch on this subject a little bit, but a, a little different with, you know, with JGR cutting back, uh, there are so many guys without rides. Steve's talked about this endlessly. Davos doesn't have a ride. Chad Reed right now doesn't have a ride. Chiz isn't confirmed with HEP yet. Um, a lot of guys without rides. It's really, uh, JGR may not have a title sponsor. If any team should be able to get a title sponsor, it seems like JGR should. It's kind of scary. Yeah, man, I, I, it's really unfortunate that, you know, a team like JGR can't get a title sponsor. And it definitely says something about, you know, the growth of our sport, for sure. Um, the general public doesn't, maybe they don't respect our sport as much. And, you know, it's it's going to be hard for us to get new companies on board. And we've seen that year, time after time. And, yeah, I, I really hope they can get on maybe on a new OEM and um, get a new sponsor. But, you know, with that said, Gibbs said from day one that if this costs him some money to go racing, then he's not going to do it. So, right. Um, you know, he's obviously going to stick to his guns. I would, I, I would say, and hopefully they can get it together for twenty one. I hope so. We need, we need those teams. We need the JGRs, the MCRs, the HEPs, uh, the Tedders. We need those teams. Uh, we need more teams. We need more sponsors, and hopefully that will happen. Um, all right, Tim Ferry. That one, uh, I was actually expecting Evan Ferry to be on the phone since he's the one that raced. But, uh, you know, Steve's, Steve's going to talk to Timmy. Timmy's the man. Um, very entertaining interview. A uh, lot, lot of good topics. Uh, Steve, of, of course, now is a amateur supporter. Um, he, he's all on board, Damon. Of course, of course. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't expect anything less. Yep. Right. They, yep. Evan Ferry needs that Husky ride. Let's let's sign him to a seven year contract. I'm all in. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that was good. Um, how about this? JT asked Timmy and I want to ask you guys this. So because Steve has said and I feel like some of this is shtick, um, but we'll never win MXDN again. Uh, Corbin, is that that's ridiculous, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a little BS. I mean, this, that event's such, such a toss-up, even if, you know, you think it's so one-sided. And, you know, we've seen it year after year that it's a pretty unpredictable event. You know, there's three motos, and guys are all out, out of their element. It's a little bit different of a format. So there's no reason I, I, I could stamp that and say that Team USA will never win. I, I just don't see how that will ever happen. Yeah, I, I don't really believe that he believes that. But, uh, Damon, you, no. you have to agree. It's silly, right? Oh, 100% ridiculous. I mean, this year, if we if we get the right class of guys that we had this year, and, you know, barring they don't find each other and crash into each other on the first lap of the first moto, but, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's total, it's total crock of shit. I mean, I feel Absolutely. like, you know, we have a good team. We have a good group of three guys that go together, and, you know, we have a little bit of luck on our side and good track, you know, guys that are just ready to go. There's no, you know, we could definitely pull it together. And this year we should have definitely been a podium a podium team, no doubt. Yeah, the Netherlands definitely came in hot with this, you know, their track, the sand, the rain definitely didn't help. But um, yeah, we could definitely win again with of a course. strong team for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, after Timmy, they go to the first commercial break. Uh, the only reason I bring this up is because coming out of commercial break, Pookie picked uh, the new Blink 182 song, Dark Side. Yeah, just 
No, no other comment. There you go. That. You go, Pookie. There you go. <laughs> you go, Pookie. Um, all right. So ow, they ow. they <laughs> they get into after that. He Steve asked everybody, JT, Paul, they, to give their highlights and their disappointments. Um, I would have to think most everybody's disappointments probably Dino. Um, that's mine anyway. Uh, just real quick, even though I know Steve doesn't care what your opinions are, um, give me Corbin. Give me just quickly your highlight and your disappointment. I got to say, my highlights probably it's between Mookie and AC. I would say. Okay. Um, I, I I've had high hopes for Mookie since he went out in Phoenix last year in Supercross. The guy showed fantastic speed and uh, was really in contention for a win at Anaheim one last year. So since then, I've had I've really been on the Mookie bandwagon, and um, for him to at least win a moto was was huge for me as a fan. But yeah, with that. AC to come home with the overall on his debut 450 ride. You can, you really can't argue with that. Um, he rode fantastic, held his composure all night long. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he can put together um, for 2020. But I would say AC is definitely the highlight for the weekend. And like you said, I'm going to go with Dino being the, I don't know if I would say disappointment, but definitely an upset for sure. Yeah. Um, just such a likable guy. And, and I actually had that same exact injury a few years ago. I, dislocated and fractured my hip so i know it's the pain he's going through and it's not fun whatsoever so um hope to see him back on the track as soon as possible but yeah that's definitely uh my upset for the weekend all right damon you you real quick yeah my highlight for the weekend was definitely um jeremy martin coming back after not riding for a year and a half to go pretty much six six and unfortunately fall on that last one with the 14th but uh, your whole shot of the one motor looked like he belonged. He was, I know it's not a super cross track, but definitely looked very racy and uh, looked in shape for sure. So right. that was definitely my highlight of the weekend. Super happy for Jerry Bear. Uh, disappointment, I hate saying it, but my disappointment for the weekend was probably uh, just Barsha. I know he hasn't been on the bike much. I know, you know, he's been healing up from, you know, the whole season of injuries, but to go, you know, five, eight, six, kind of, you know, in the battle with guys in freeze, but I thought, I kind of picked him on my podium okay. uh, for sure for my predictions, but um, you know, it sucks to have an opinion like that. But yeah, my disappointment was definitely Barsha. I just felt All like right. he'd be a little bit better than what he showed. Well, Mathis says that Freezy was his highlight and the amateur rules were his disappointment. So that's typical Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, not, not bad, not bad picks for Steve, but um, I think he's wrong. The amateur rule. I don't. I don't know, man. I really don't know how I feel about the amateur rules. He's actually probably pretty pretty on point with that one. But um, hey, you you mentioned Barsha, uh, and you know being disappointed by him, and they Steve kind of made some jokes about you know, oh you know he couldn't beat Geyser and blah blah blah, just about fans feeling that way or whatever, and and you know the the keyboard warriors saying oh the GP guys can ride Supercross and um. I'm 100% on board with Steve on this one. Uh, it, you cannot judge that based off Monster Energy Cup and where the American riders are at and training and time off and where the, the track's not a true Supercross track. Um, just real quick, guys, uh, Corbin, Steve, Steve, is is he right on that, that it's ridiculous to base Monster Energy Cup on anything? Yeah, absolutely. And like Damon said earlier, especially with the you know the track going different ways, yeah. This past weekend, it, they, the, the rhythms weren't as peaky and as gnarly as they normally are. So that really set the tone for the weekend for those guys, I would say. And I would say it definitely played in their favor a little bit. But with that said, you know, European guys, are they're more technical riders. And, you know, maybe it shows that they're capable of feeling just as fast. 
but I'm not going to sit here and say that just because Geyser got, you know, fourth or fifth overall at the Monster Energy Cup that he could do that in an entire Supercross race. I, I, I do think that, that that is a little bit ridiculous myself. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to move on just quickly. Um, some of the other guests, like Mookie. Mookie's freaking Mookie, dude. Mookie's fantastic. Mookie's always happy. Mookie Fever's back. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the Pulp Show yet, you, you just need to listen. They're, all the interviews that Monday night were fantastic, but Mookie is, just, like Adam C. and Cirillo, such a joy to listen to. Uh, great interview. Um, Mookie saying that he doesn't like jumping triples, was that was info that I would have never thought, so... Check that yeah. out. Um, we're gonna we're not gonna really get into that too much because of time. Um, I do want to ask you guys a couple other just general pulp questions that I've been asking people. Um, so I'm gonna go with you first, Damon. Um, I've said this before, and I mentioned this like last week that a tw- guy on Twitter blew me out. Thought it was a ridiculous question, but I want to know if pulp interrupts your regular life in any way. You guys kind of made it sound like you listen to it throughout the week, so. It probably doesn't as much as it does mine, where I basically shut down Monday night to listen. But, but Damon, tell me if I mean, does you know? I don't know what if you got a girlfriend or a wife or if anybody, you know, you listen and that your chick's bothered by it or kind of just give me a little little input into that. No, I mean, pulp actually really brings up my week. I look forward to every time the new episode's posted on Tuesday. It actually gets me through the work week. Whether you know, on a days I'm not super busy, I could you know end up listening to it. And honestly. Some of the other interviews that Steve does for Pulp, whether it's the Privateer Island or some of the other stuff, I'm in the garage wrenching when I'm listening to it on my bike. So okay. honestly, when I don't want to jam the music, I listen to Pulp. It really, <laughs> you know, kind of brings a high. And that's a just totally jerk Steve off here, but uh, <laughs> you know, definitely it definitely does bring highlights to my week just to listen to you know the weekend recap or the good interviews that he has. So yeah, definitely it doesn't really bring much of an interruption in my week. Okay, how about you, Corbin? Yeah, that's kind of part of the reason why I don't listen live is because, I mean, A, I just had a newborn baby born last night, so that's uh, that's part of it, and my fiancé as well, so i got to tend to those two now for sure. But, uh, yeah, and I just think it makes my drive to work a little easier. So no real interruption for me other than when I'm in the garage, like David said. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of when I listen to it in the car. Okay. Um, all right. So Will Hahn calls in for his uh, Works Connection weekly Will Call. Will has, as okay. I've said many times, has become one of my favorite segments. Um, again, very much like with Filthy Phil because the ball busting. Um, I was lucky enough to get in on some of that this week with my call when uh, Will said he would have a star Yamaha ready for me for Vet Nationals, but not Steve. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, Stick with the fact that Will said my, the wrap-up show is better than the Pulp show. I don't. Oh yeah, you might want to might want to sound might want to sound check that and you know cut that out and put it in uh, the preview for the show. Yeah, actually, there now that you, you say that, I I probably will do that. I have a few other drops I stuck in, so um, yeah, it's a good idea. Um, but ba- my call was about, about AC and Eli and the dynamic within that truck. If AC keeps winning. Um, you know, I don't know how Eli or AC is going to do. I feel like AC is going to probably be pretty damn um, consistent. I think he's going to be one of the guys that could win every week, top four or five easily. And I think the dynamic within that truck could get very awkward because I feel like Eli is an unusual human being. He's not a, a bad person. He's just he's just personality wise, he's a little unusual. Um, so, Damon, give me your thoughts on. The Adam Cianciarello Eli d- dynamic, as you see it, going to happen because the guys on the show, Pulp, I didn't really think there was going to be 
much of an issue, at least in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was Steve or Paul had brought it up. You know, Eli is in the prime of his career, and he's, you know, gelling right now, and he's definitely the man to beat. But with Adam, you know, he's such a likable guy, whether it's testing or just talking in general with, you know, the media or anybody else. And Eli is definitely, like you said, an unusual human being that if he starts to do very well as far as being a consistent podium top five thread and maybe, you know, getting a potential win or two that, you know, maybe the team is going to be more willing to talk with him and, you know, want to hear his feedback because, you know, he's going to do such a good job that it might, you know, not take, take it away from Eli, but definitely make it a very weird and maybe, you know, kind of make it a little awkward for yeah. everyone on that team as far as in the Tomac camp and in Adams camp. So, um, I'm curious to see, depending on how Adam's season goes, it'll definitely be consistent. I put him, you know, anywhere in the top five, you know, kind of where Savachi was, mm-hmm. um, you know, knocking on the door for podiums, maybe a win or two. You know, he's not, you know, he's not going to come out and win everything like he was at the cup and be the man and win the title. But right. um, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's definitely going to jar and shake up that dynamic on the team this year. I'm curious to see where it's going to lead. All right. Corby, would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with Dan, and, and I think it kind of resembles the whole Cooper Webb and Marvin Miskin dynamic because we saw Webb come in this year. He's the new guy on the team, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he goes out and wins the championship. So we found how awkward that got at times, and I think we may see a little bit of that, you know, especially toward maybe toward the end of Supercross when he starts to really blossom on that bike with that team. So I, I, th- I kind of agree with Steve saying it's not going to be as much of an issue this year, but. As far as 2021 goes, I, I could see AC as a definite title threat, and I could uh, for sure see that getting, getting a little awkward at the, at the camp. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, we'll, I, And I don't think any of that will come from AC side. If anything happens, it'll be from the Eli camp. But, again, that's just a, uh, just a guess. Um, so, okay, with my call, if you guys did listen, you heard Steve say that I'm not allowed to say my name, my show name, or the name of the podcast of Corbin and Damon's. So... Um, fair enough. That's Steve's show. We won't, I I haven't, I don't think I've said my name or the name of my show tonight. At least I, so, um, we're good so far. Hopefully no clippy clippy from that. Um, but Paul, Paul Parabinos did somewhat come to my defense by asking, do you treat all your employees like this? And of course, Mark said, uh, yeah, yes, he does. So fair enough. Uh, Steve, Steve likes busting balls. It's nothing uh, too serious. So I can, I can, I can take it, Steve. Keep it coming. Um, yeah, what'd you guys think of that? You guys heard that call? Either one of you. Yeah, I mean, I've expected it. <laughs> like, it's no surprise that Steve Mathis looks be real here. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I had no intentions of coming on and, and plugging my show. Um, I, I think this is a networking. This is networking, you know, this is how these things work. It's fun. Yep. It's fun to get new opinions and uh, different ideas. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had to laugh at it for sure, but... Uh, Right. And I'll be honest, um, like when I when I first got involved with my podcast and it started doing okay, I asked Steve, like, hey, if I call in, you know, like I actually first a few probably five, six times I called in after I had been a part of this show or my show, I never said the name of it. And then I asked him at a race, like, you know, if I say this or that, is it okay? And he's like, yeah, it's no big deal. But he he acts, you know, he acts a little big and bad on the on the show. But in real life, he's a teddy bear. So he's kind of like uh, Tyler Bowers, you know. Tyler Bowers is big and bad on the track, but off off the track, he's just a big teddy bear. So yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Steve's got a big and, heart. I man. mean, real quick, 
Yeah, go ahead. Just to touch on that, I mean, we're, you know, we didn't want to come on and just totally bolster our podcast, make us look good. But it's like Holden said, it's a networking thing yep. where, you know, we, we message you because, you know, we had some questions about the show and we're listening and then we kind of wanted you to listen to our show. And, you know, it was, it's awesome. And it's an honor to be on, to, you know, be associated with pulp and with you just because, you know, that's kind of how we got into podcasting or wanting to just call up our buddies and talk about the races and, you know, potentially have some riders on. So, you know, it's definitely pretty awesome to be on. And yeah, I mean, I kind of had a feeling that when you mentioned we were going to be on it, you know, Oh, they're just going on to, you know, bolster their podcast. And I know he was joking cause we all get Steve's sense of humor, but right. um, yeah, I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen, but it's an all, <laughs> it's all good. All good yeah. Fun. Yeah. That's, that's typical Steve and he, but he's good people. He really is. Um, there are people on social media that message me or they will, just in general say, man, oh, Steve's being such a dick to you or whatever. And it, it's, it's really not. He's, he's just, I mean, some of what he says, he means he, you know, there's, there's been some yeah, issues with some guests sure. I've had and stuff that, um, you know, need to be corrected. I, he, but the other stuff, man, I, I think for the most part, he's blessing balls. Um, Hey, so if you guys were listening and, or if you haven't, there is a really fantastic co- um, contest this week. They are giving away a set of the Fly Racing Light Hydrogen LE gear that was seen at Monster Cup this week. The coral color gear. Uh, it's badass gear. I want some. Don't have any yet. All you got to do is send an email to contest at pulpamexshow.com. And he wants to know the five things you learned from Pulpamex on Monday night. And they will pick some winners. So do that. Get in on that. JT and Fly Racing. A, uh, a fantastic sponsor of the Pulp Show and the show that I'm not allowed to name that I'm a part of. So I love those guys. And the fact that they're giving free stuff away to the listeners, dude, you got to get in on that. It's just, you it's no better. Getting free stuff's awesome. I, I've, I got to win some helmet, a helmet from Pulp before I was part of anything before Heather blocked me. Um, yeah, you're banned now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She shut me down. And I'm not allowed to get win prizes anymore. But anyway, it's, it's a great thing that Pulp does. So yeah, do that. Um, all right, let's, let's get through, we're going to skip X brand, uh, tear offs, uh, Connor Fields calls in. Um, and this was really good because Connor took his dad to monster cup. Um, or a, a, his dad learned some stuff from, you know, um, he wasn't a big fan of the sport. He really didn't know a lot about the sport, but I guess he started listening to, um, some races and, the way that Ralph announces that we all kind of, or in general, people complain about dumbing it down actually made Connor's dad a fan. So at that point, maybe we're wrong. Maybe Steve's wrong. Maybe it does work. Corbin, um, give me your thoughts, man. Cause I thought that was pretty good. That was really proof positive that it works. Yeah, man. I, I, that's really what his job is. You know, he's not the analyst. He's not the guy that, goes in depth with everything he's he's a guy that brings in the general public and i think he does a good job of that and he gets a lot of a lot of shit for it but you know at the same time that's his job and i think i think he does well yeah so how about you damon do you, i mean does that change your opinion any about the way you know the red or the red hondas the yellow suzukis or whatever does that change your thoughts on it helping or, or is one person not enough I mean, uh, it really opened, not opened my eyes, but I really didn't think about it in that sense as far as like, oh, yeah, that really does help the newer fans because with us being so into it, I mean, it, you know, it kind of irritates and bothers some of the hardcore more fans like us. So it's just like, oh, we 
we know all this stuff. Like, come on, we know there's 20 minutes in the main, and we know, you know, Orange Suzuki, or Orange KTM, Yellow Suzuki. But at the same time, maybe I think Paul brought this point up that maybe the first few rounds, like Anaheim, you know, St. Louis, you know, San Diego, some of those rounds, the mm-hmm. first maybe five that they could go super with that stuff, like how they've been doing it, and then maybe as the season goes on, like season, you know, race eight through whatever, like seventeen, that. They don't maybe need to do that as much because most people that are following it at that point either are new and know enough rounds that have went on, they know what's going on, or like us, we're so into the season, like, all right, let's just let's get to the in-depth, in the analysis details. We don't need the nuanced kind of stuff. Yeah. It kind of opened my eyes a little bit, but kind of also made me think that maybe they need to change. And, you know, once they get more into the season, that they maybe need to get more, you know, serious in depth and not have to, you know, dumb it down for sure. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, Connor, Connor mentioned that, you know, his dad really thought the Joker lane was cool, which is something that some of us, like, I like it, but there's people that think it's a gimmick and it shouldn't be part of it. And he liked the flames and the lasers and all that stuff, which I still love that shit. So that, I thought that was cool, though, that Connor talked about his dad really enjoying it. Um, we got a few more things to touch on before we wrap this thing up. Big, big story um, of the night was Paul Parabino's move to rental. Uh, when I found out that was happening, I was very, very surprised because to me, to me, Paul is pro taper. Like that's just his identity almost. That's how I've known Paul. Um, so I was surprised, but he's pretty honest about, um, you know, he didn't give details, but he was pretty honest about it. And he talked about the awkwardness of changing some things. He couldn't really, he didn't really want to comment on some of the pro taper products. That's pretty big news though. Um, you guys have any, uh, Damon, any thoughts on Paul and, uh, I don't know if you know Paul or, but him moving to Renthal is it's kind of it's kind of weird to me because to go to from one product that you've been promoting for to, forever and then go into the, its uh, competitor. Yeah, it's, it was definitely kind of a shock for me. I obviously found out on the show and they were talking about it, but um, yeah, I mean, it just show, goes to show you how close knit we are in this you know industry, industry that you know Paul Paul had said that Renthal reached out to him you know potentially for this job and. It just goes to show you, like he said, you know, he never came on the show ever. Is we all know him being he is pro taper. Yeah. That he never bashed Renthal or any other company. So it just goes to show that, you know, you promote your company long enough that in this industry you do a good enough job that it could lead you anywhere. And yeah, I was definitely surprised with it because, like you said, Paul for me as well is pro taper. But um, you know, whether it was the changes that are going on at the company that he didn't give, you know, too many details about, which I respect, but um, definitely a big shocking surprise to me, but um, yeah. yeah, he's going to like, we know him. I don't know him personally, but just with his work ethic with Dean and with pro taper that, you know, I'm sure he's going to absolutely kill his role at rental. So I'm super excited for him, but it was definitely a shock for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and then Corbin, uh, you know, the Pulp MX show is typically a finely run machine, but they had a power outage caused some problems. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know if Steve didn't pay the power bill. I don't know what happened, but doesn't look good. <laughs> I'm with whoever it was on Twitter who said something about we need to leave in his house on power management mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. But you know, things happen. There's some yeah, things yeah. you can't control, and that was definitely one of them. But I'm um, I'm still stuck on the whole weeds thing. That's where I'm going. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think I made a comment. That's what happens when you uh, mess with the wrap up show. But yeah, weeds weeds was much more likely. <laughs> yeah. We um all right. Yeah. Last guest of the night, Adam Ciancerillo. Man, uh media darling, as I think somebody put it, um absolutely fantastic interview as always. 
you feel like Adam and Steve are just super, super good buddies. Uh, Adam's willing to play along and um, probably my favorite interview of the night, honestly. Uh, go ahead, Corbin. Yeah, I mean, these guys always seem to have such great chemistry and it's like they, they talk to each other every day through the microphone and it's always a good listen and you always get the honest truth out of AC and uh, I really respect him for that because a lot of guys aren't like that. So right, right. When we when we when we do get that, I feel like people need to appreciate it because you know we see how non-transparent some of these guys are. So um, yeah, he's he's one of my favorites for sure, and it was a fantastic interview. And um, yeah, it's, these guys just they jive very well, and I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line AC does something with Steve with you know maybe a, a co-host like a part-time co-host so yeah maybe something like that but that'd be entertaining they're that good together i just think they're that good together and uh yeah it's always a pleasure right uh uh damon ac he, he told a little story about being down on the gate and fist bumping vince freezy and he's like i'm, I'm in the 450 class now like it, you know he's he he was so so excited this is literally like many of these racers, but he is not afraid to talk about it. This is his dream come true. Um, just, just a great interview period, man. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It, he's so good. Yeah. I mean, any, any time, like you said, we've all, we've already said it, that the chemistry that those two have with, you know, they're finding Stu vlog or any time, <laughs> you know, yeah. Adam calls in that he could take the jabs you can give him. But I thought that, story with Vince was pretty cool because like he said he slammed and he didn't mean to right. in that second main or the first one then when they lined up the second time Vince you know kind of gave him that head nod and you know Adam's like all right man I'm like I'm here I'm a player and definitely commented as well that you know there's not the full talent that he's going to have this upcoming year but it's definitely not as crazy the first lap or so in this class so um but yeah anytime Adam's on you know he gives his honest opinion with everything I wouldn't be surprised I agree with Corbin that and then Steve, Steve linking up down the road to do what maybe Zacho's doing for him with some of the you know shifting gear stuff or you know yeah. do his own kind of thing. So, but yeah, you know, anytime Adam comes on, it's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I thought that little stint with Freezy was cool. I can't wait. To, I can't wait for twenty one. It's gonna or I can't wait for twenty. It's gonna be a hell of a season. Yeah, it's coming quick too. Um, they discussed after AC was off about his media likability. And, you know, will this change when he's in the four fifty class? Um, sometimes it seems like these guys take the serious level to a whole nother level once they move up. And some of that fun, loving attitude goes away. I don't believe that's going to happen with Adam. I just don't see that being part of his personality. Um, they also talked about Jet Lawrence being the new uh, media darling because of the, his personality, you know, calling his brother Hunter, his sister, holding the donut up, you know, to Will, trying to get Will to eat his donut. Um, so, the future of our sport, as far as some of these guys go, I think entertainment-wise, or you know, interview-wise, po- a podium interview-wise, is going to be really good. Um, what do you guys think? You, uh, just this is our last probably topic for the night. Uh, Corbin, do you think AC will change? Do you believe? Do you? I, I know you don't know. Any, you have any way to really know? But what do you think will happen? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to mature, but I feel like he's he's pretty polished the way he is. Um, he, he he's a pretty mature guy as it is, I, I believe. So I don't see him changing. I feel like he's always going to be pretty open and 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 that type of thing. But he will mature, and you know, I don't. But I don't see him changing. You know, as far as us watching him do an interview on TV, I don't see that changing at all. Right. Um, AC is who he is, and. 
I, at least some crossing my fingers he doesn't change. Exactly, those yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. Those are some of the best interviews you'll see on TV or obviously on the folk show. So, yeah, I hope not, and but I don't think so. I don't myself. either. All right, last last topic. Tweet at Travis. There's one thing I want to touch on before we do BTO uh, hot takes. Uh, Marty still has no ride. Steve says, I, Steve mentioned on the Pulp Show and on the uh, MEC wrap-up show or pre-review show that he would have taken Marty over Justin Hill. Paul agrees, and then JT says, well, it was a flip of the coin, Savachi or Justin Hill. Yeah, Justin Hill, um, Joey Savachi, Marty, Martin Davos, excuse me, not sorry. Anyway, um, you guys had sent me a message about Justin Hill and MCR. It was something that you guys kind of wanted to touch on. So let's compare Justin Hill is coming off of a really, really good ride, a good team, a good ride, a good opportunity, which he did basically nothing with. Now he's going to MCR, um, which is still a good team, but this is probably his last chance. At least I would think so. Um, uh, Damon, what do you think, man? What what does Justin do? And you know, we we've had we've seen Barsha kind of have to take a step down where he was going to be a privateer, and he got lucky and got another shot and really stepped up. Um, What do you see Justin Hill doing this year or next year? Honestly, I mean, I don't want to just totally crap on Justin here, but, I mean, it is his last chance, and I think this team is perfect with, you know, having a lot of salary and then more incentives base, which I think that's a good thing for these teams. But, I mean, Justin, Steve had mentioned it on the show. I don't know how he won that that 250 title. (laughs) Yeah, he did say that. He's proven to kind of really not be a hard worker, and – I mean, his back is really against the wall. Like you said, the two guys that I have noted that have been off factory teams that have came back to life are Barsha and Wilson. They both kind of privateered it. You know, Barsha got back on Yamaha when Millsap's career kind of ended, unfortunately, with that crash. And he pretty much now he's in the renaissance of his career. And Wilson kind of has done the same thing. So other guys that really haven't, and I don't, you know, some of these guys bringing up are like Lawrence, Izzy, Stroop. Those guys kind of really were lost off of factory teams and they couldn't bring it back. So the thing that gets me with the Marty and the Hill thing is just that Marty has proven to be a hard worker. He's a good guy to have around. Um, he's going to give you his all on Hill. I mean, especially this last year, I know like Weston Pike was trying to help him out and Reed and, you know, Jeremy and all those guys at JGR were trying to do everything they could to help him. And he was really kind of stuck in his ways and, I mean, we don't really see everything that those guys see in their personal lives. I don't. It doesn't really seem like he's too much of a hard worker, but I really don't see the season in 20 really being much different, unfortunately. I really hope, as far as just making it exciting, he proves me wrong, but I really don't see it changing, unfortunately. What about you, Corbin? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat, but with the program, they got MCR, they got a pretty good setup with Tony Alessi working with these guys, so... I'm hoping that plays in Hill's favor, but yeah, I mean, we we have seen these guys turn it around, but then there's that other time where they don't. So I'm hoping this isn't the downfall of Justin Hill. Right. This is. I do believe this is the last two raw for him unless he makes it work this year, like he said. So um, yeah, I'm kind of with Damon on that, but I, I do think there is somewhat of a chance that unless he can really get in his head and, and uh, get him on the right track to be successful in this sport, like he should be. So. I'm really hoping so. Love watching the guy ride, and it would suck to see that kind of talent go down without a ride. Absolutely, <laughs> very true. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see in just a few months. So, uh, all right, BTO hot takes. Corbin, you go first. BTO hot takes. I'm going to say AC top three in points. 
two wins in 2020. Okay. All right. I'm on board with that. That's that's kind of a, that's a Daniel Blair-ish statement. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how about you, Damon? Savachi comes out on Suzuki and ends up being top five half the rounds and gets two podiums. Two podiums. Okay. Wow. Good hot takes. I yeah. like it. All right. Well, we are uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, I want to thank especially WUSA and Guts Racing for bringing Corbin and Damon on. Damon, Corbin, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I feel like this was a good show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And uh, anytime you want us back on, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure up for it. And, yeah, it was a pleasure, and I really appreciate the opportunity. All right, well, uh, yeah, I, I, go ahead. I, I hope real, real quick, I just hope, uh, yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. I, I had a good time. Hopefully we did a good job. Hopefully we weren't one of the bad shows. Hopefully no, I think it was good. It was a good grade. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anytime you want us back on, I want, you know, opinions on something, we're always here. So, yeah, awesome. we had a good time, and it was okay. a good one. All right, appreciate it. So everybody else, stay tuned for Hello Pookie, and we will be back in two weeks because there is no Pulp Show next week. And I'm not doing a classic wrap-up show this next time. So suck it. We're out. We're back with another week of Hello Pookie, which means the wrap-up show is still live and going. I am excited about that. Pookie Mathis, how are you this week? Hello, hello. I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I know you're a little Thank pressed you. for time. So I'm going to get glad right. I'm still on, though. I'm glad we're still able to do these things. I do, too. And I, I give all the credit to you. If it wasn't for Hello Pookie, there probably would be no wrap-up show. <laughs> well, thank you. That's no problem. Yeah. All right. So the question this week is, can you actually Steve see Steve ever stepping away from media? And if he did, what would he do with his time? Stepping away from media. Moto media? Yes, moto or media. media. Moto, media. moto media. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Steve says yes. And if I were to get him downstairs right now, he'd be like, yes, absolutely. I'm leaving moto media soon within the five years or whatever but i mean i don't know i just feel like he's still so passionate about it i mean even though yes the travel i think is getting to him and he has been backing that down he does go to quite a few less races than he used to i mean i remember there was times where he would miss maybe one supercross and now he'll take you know three off maybe which is right and maybe this season he'll even go up to four i don't know but um I'm, i'm all for him taking you know as much travel time off as he wants but as far as not doing moto media and not covering it i just i don't think it's going to happen i think he's just going to be doing it because he's got so much going on he's got so many shows and i mean everything is so successful that there wouldn't really be any reason at this point to try to change anything i know we had um thought about maybe switching to hockey when he was first starting his hockey podcast and i really thought that that was going to go somewhere because i know how popular their podcast was with people Mm -hmm. um in the hockey community um, it didn't really catch on just because of sponsorship. They didn't really ever find a sponsor, but I know it was popular, and I, I really did think that that was a possibility. But when the po- hockey podcast folded, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be Evan Ferry. How's your? It could be even Beckett Ferry. How's your setup? Like seriously, yeah, yeah. at this point, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah cause... <laughs> but I think Steve's happy to do that, though. So um, I don't think it's a burden for him. Um, the only thing I think that's getting to him is the travel. So um, yeah. Otherwise, I think he's still as passionate as ever. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm sure he, he's the same age as I am. So 
time just seems to go faster and faster every year. So honestly, in the blink of an eye, Evan Ferry is going to be racing pro. You know, it happens so fast. You're just like, oh my god. Yes, I think he's like 14 years old right now. I mean, come right. on, two years and like nothing. Exactly. Yeah, in the blink of an eye, right? I mean, jeez, mm-hmm. it, it's scary how time goes by so fast. But if he did stop, uh, stop going to the races and stop doing motocross media. What would he do with the spare time? Would it be just e-bike life all the time, or would you know? Would there be another uh, hobby? Right now, right now it's e-bike life all the time. Yes, if I if I thought he could fit any more hours in the day, he just got back from a bike ride right, right now. It's four four forty five in the afternoon, and he just got back. Yeah. So I know he didn't want to get up this morning and go, but I knew he was itching all day to go, <laughs> and so he decided in the afternoon to go, which is fine. The the um, the weather's cooling down here now, so I'm not as worried about him being out there so so um long or whatever, so much during the day. But um, yeah, right now his his all his spare time is e-bikes. Yeah, I have to admit, uh, when he first started talking the e-bike stuff, and they did like an hour on it, I really wasn't into it. But the more he talks about it, the more I start thinking about it. And when I go ride my mountain bike, I'm like, damn, I sure wish I had that e-bike. So and people, yes, and I, it's amazing how many people have reached out. And Steve doesn't always talk about you know the messages that he gets. And even I've been getting DMs um, ever since Steve talked about it. I started getting back on my program, and I got an e-bike, and it's amazing. And it's I can't believe how much it helped me. I know, yep. I know they're very expensive, obviously, but yes. you know there's lots of different ways. But if you have, if that's you know your passion and something you want to do, um, yeah, why not? Like it's been been great and uh, like i said i'm all for steve focusing on anything that's not working 24 7 yeah otherwise absolutely. he's just working all the time so I, especially in the off season and with the weather getting nice i want to let you know just encourage him to spend his time doing anything besides working right which and then you say that he's about to go to montreal this weekend for the super- tomorrow morning yeah <laughs> right. yeah but hey he loves doing it so at least he gets to do something he loves i'll, I'll be uh yeah he always it. loves covering anything to do with canada and yeah. americans going to canada and everybody loves to see him up there so i don't i never get bitter when he plans you know trips in his off season and he has three trips to europe planned you yep. know in addition to this canadian trip but it's fine it's all like i said it's all stuff he wants to do <laughs> and i know he likes to support eric pernard um this is eric's event in montreal and he really wanted him to go so um I'm glad it worked out for them. He's going to have a good time. Absolutely. Well, Pookie, I'm going to let you go so you can go spend some time with Steve. And uh, you guys have a good night. And thanks again. Okay. No worries, bro. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks again. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Yeah, me.